This is Growing the Valley, a podcast by the University of California Division of Agriculture and Natural Resources. I'm one of your hosts, Luke Miller, Orchard Systems Advisor for Butte, Tehama, and Glen Counties. I'm your other host, Phoebe Gordon, Orchard Systems Advisor for Madera and Merced Counties. Today on the podcast, we're going to be taking a snapshot of what the water picture looks like so far during this 2021-2022 winter. And to get that snapshot, we're sitting down with Dr. Sam Sandoval from UC Davis. Sam, welcome to the podcast. And if you could introduce yourself and what your program is all about. Hi, everyone. Good to be here. Uh, my name is Samuel Sandoval. I'm a faculty and extension specialist in water resources. I'm located at UC Davis. I am a water accountant. I count water from where it rains, how much is storing snow, reservoirs, aquifers, how much water we use for agriculture, environment, and cities. And I'm happy to be here. Sam, historically at least, when did we expect water to fall as precipitation in California? Typically, we used to have one rain before Thanksgiving. And then we used to have all the Christmas, New Year's Eve rain, some of those in January, all the way until March. That is what we call a water year. Think of it as pretty much from November, which is the end of the growing season, the start of the rainy season, all the way to October, when it is harvest time, end of the dry season. I think also we should be thinking of a water year in five different components. One of that is the rain and the snow. And that one will basically depend on the rainy season. Next one, it will be the reservoir storage and carryover. What we have done in the previous growing season will affect our water availability for the next one. And it will also depend on the rainy season. We have the soil moisture. And that one really depends on all the conservation practices that we have. We have groundwater resources, and that is our savings account. We should be using it only when it's truly needed. And the last one that we have seen this year more and more is fog. And fog depends on weather conditions that help us out to put some water in the ground. So I think that's how we should be thinking about uh, water here in California. That's a really great nuanced way of thinking about water in California with those five different pillars. And my own more novice thinking of things has been, first off, We talk about drought only (laughs) during the late spring and summer, but of course, the real drought is experienced during the winter if we don't get the rain and snowfall. And it seems that we've had the previous two winters were dry, and yet we didn't feel those impacts immediately because we had some carryover, at least after that first dry winter. Definitely, that's kind of what happened on the first year of the drought. And I think if there is something that we should change is not only think like how much water do I have in March for the growing season and let's just use it, but just to be a little bit more forward thinking and say like, well, if I use all of it, I'm not sure what will be next year conditions. So do I really want to use all of it or save it so I can spread out a little bit the water? Also, it's something that Daniel Swain, the UCLA climate scientist, interviewed as part of Phoebe Gordon's climate change series, talked about precipitation whiplash. And that certainly seems to be what we are experiencing. 
you talked to us at the end of September, it seemed like we were in such a severe drought, the lowest point. And then of course, we're in a very different picture right now in mid-January. So with the disclaimer that I'm asking you to characterize something partway through the event, how have you been thinking about the 2021-2022 water year? As you were mentioning, 2020, we had 60% of precipitation and 2021, last year, 50%. And we didn't have any carryover. In those five pillars, as of latest January, it, we are at average or at what is supposed to be in terms of rain in the Sacramento, San Joaquin, and Tulare. So in that one, it's not that we are above or below. We're just kind of right there for what it would be a good year. Reservoir storage, we are a little bit below of average. I would say 75% of the way. So in that one, we are a little bit under. Groundwater, the last 10 years we have seen groundwater is 5 to 25 feet below what used to be in the Sacramento and San Joaquin. And the Tulare definitely is greater than 25 feet. So in groundwater, we are at worse conditions than in the previous drought. In terms of soil moisture, we are in dry soil conditions. It is not severe or extreme, but definitely we are in those dry soil conditions. So the picture is not looking good where we are. Definitely a long ways to get out of the drought. So we know that we're in a drought and it is very low probabilities to get out of the drought. And let me explain to you what is my train of thinking. So. We have had in this rainy season, three relatively large atmospheric river events. So the one in late October and the two in December. We need to get three more atmospheric rivers, those relatively large for the rest of the season just to be on normal. Let me be clear. We are crossing our fingers that in nine or 11 days of good rain, we can get out of these dry conditions. So it is nine out of 75 days. So that's a low probability. The one other thing that happens in 2017 is that even if we get a lot of snow, once it rains two or three days later, we have the clear, sunny, blue sky of California. What I'm trying to tell you is that we have warmer conditions and the snow is melting at a faster rate. So we're not keeping that snowpack there. Also, because of the global warming, we have an increase in vegetative and evapotranspiration. And because of that, soil conditions are a little bit lower. So what I'm trying to tell you here is that it might be difficult to get out this year of the drought, that we need significant rain to get out of it, that even though we get significant rain or snow, we may not have it available for later in the season. And the one thing that I'm sad to mention, but we miscalculate is when we're going to have these conditions that we were thinking as scientists in 20, 30 years ahead, and we're now experiencing it. Oh, Sam, you're bumming me out, man. I am surprised by your conservative take on it. Maybe I'm biased by being in North Sacramento Valley where it rains the most. And I'm looking at the Northern Sierra Precipitation Index, looking at where that is with snowpack in the Sierras. And it's at 31 and a half inches, which is... Out of 50. Yeah, but you know, percent of average for this date, 143%, and not that far off of the 2016-17 wettest year ever, and kind of right on track with, with the second wettest year, 82-83 at this time. So I'm really surprised to hear your conservative take. 
But it does make sense that when you deplete the piggy bank as much as we did these past couple years, that three atmospheric rivers is not going to get us out of Dodge. We're still in trouble. I do think that a lot of this is in our control. And I think this is kind of the other side of the coin, where I can see all of us changing the mindset. I mean, it is not fun to be one or two years in a drought. And in the last 11 years, eight years have been drier than usual. So what are the things that we can start planning for being in these type of conditions? So one of those right now, everyone's planted the cover crops that are helping maintain the water in the soil and in the ground. If, if we have very few amount of water, um, everyone should be paying attention to their irrigation system so they are very well oiled to be deployed on the growing season. We need to start also thinking if things go on the dry side again, what are my strategies for regulated deficit irrigation? What I'm trying to tell you is that we can be proactive. I think it's better to be prepared than sorry. That will be my advice. And in this case, if it doesn't work this year, there are very few things that are for sure in this life. One of those is that a drought is coming. We do not know when, but drought is coming. So better to be prepared. Very sage advice, Sam. There's a lot we can't control, but I like the positive note of there are things that we can be proactive about. Capturing some of this extreme rainfall that is not gently doled out, but as you say, it's come so far in three atmospheric rivers. If you have something like cover crops instead of just bare dirt, you're going to do a better job of capturing some of that. Really paying attention to if you do start with a full profile in your root zone of soil moisture, in walnuts has been shown, you can really delay a lot further than you might think. So don't irrigate until the trees say that they need it using something like the pressure chamber. It is important to realize that there's some things that we can do proactively. Any final thoughts or considerations for growers? Look, I think things are changing. I truly believe that we have a nature to resist to change, change of our practices and so on. I know farmers, so they are businessmen, but farmers, they are also stewards of the land and very proud stewards of the land. And as being a proud steward of the land, how can I adjust or be prepared? Of? I do think agriculture is part of the solution of climate change. And I think we should embrace that as stewards of the land with the cover crops, with all the carbon that we are putting in the ground again learning about deficit irrigation, pruning, seeing if we can rearrange the land in terms of generating infiltration basins, as you were mentioning. In some cases also, we need to start thinking in diversifying the business. And that can be through agro-tourism or reaching other niche markets for our products. I do think rather than thinking what someone else can do, so what is in our hands? We are seeing these swings on the weather and Things are not getting easier, and we can do two things. Just avoid thinking, or we can be proactive. Let's just be proactive. Let's start thinking this thoroughly, keeping our notes. Do not hesitate in contacting us. Go to you or to some of the resources that we have in the university. We are on your side, and let's work this thing together. I think we can do it. Wise words from Dr. Sandoval. Growers are stewards of the land, and these past droughts have been part of the school we've all been attending. And when asked by the media about what the irrigation management and behaviors of my growers are, I say it's just like regular consumers. 
consumers have been saving water since the 2014-2015 drought because they made behavior changes back then. And it's been the same with growers. We're continually learning and adapting. And it's a great reminder, Sam, not to let your guard down and put your feet up just because we've gotten a couple good storms but continually be trying to improve and refine your practices so that we can be great stewards in wet years and in dry. As you say, you should always be preparing for a drought because it's going to come sooner or later. Yep. Yep. Thanks, Luke. And it is a good business for us to be prepared right now. It is a good business for us to also be good stewards today and for the future generation. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Sam. Thanks to you. Happy to be here. Thanks for listening to Growing the Valley, a UC A&R podcast. You can find out more about this episode at our website, growingthevalleypodcast.com. We'd like to thank the Almond, Pistachio, Walnut, and Prune Boards for their support. We'd also like to thank my sister, Muriel Gordon, for writing and recording the theme music.